Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing all right. All right. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Tuesday night. Let's just let's just put it out there. There is some there is some resentment occurring right now because you were forced to talk to me for an hour instead of watching Flash. Flash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no re- no resentment. There's nothing but love here. Yeah, 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 and that and that other voice you, you hear is the referee for tonight, Miss <laughs> um, Veronica Rose. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are y'all doing? Good, but you you sense the tension, right? No. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, it's, you know, I can't believe she's making me do this. Not just kidding. Can't mess with the Flash. <laughs> Cannot mess with the Flash. Yeah, he cheated, and he watched it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I yes, I admit it. I did. I did. But I, I. But I have not spoiled. I was being a good. I was being a good partner and not spoiling it for you. So it's true. He has not said a word. Just he owned up to the fact that he watched it, <laughs> like like a guilty pleasure. Like, well, I had to do what I had to do. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. You know, hey, it was, you know, mid-season returns. So, you know, well, admit it. You would have done the same thing if it was Arrow. I, li- I live <laughs> in a different time zone. I know, but just if the situations were reversed and you were in an in Eastern time zone instead of Alaska time zone, you would have you would have done it. So what you're saying <laughs> is if I was far from home, I would have done it. Ooh, I like what you did there. I did something. (laughs) 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 It's not subtle at all. (laughs) Let's get get into it. Because for for like five minutes yesterday, Will and I were both kind of like, what are we going to talk about? And of course, we figure it out only for us to realize that they're dropping the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. It is here. It is... Here, I I don't know what else to say about it, but uh, Veronica, what are your thoughts? Uh, first thoughts on the trailer? I you know I I haven't seen it yet. I didn't even see um, Spider Man Homecoming. Oh. I haven't caught it yet. I am really bad about going to the movies to go see it, and then when it came out, I just keep ignoring it. <laughs> <laughs> I you know it. it it has nothing to do with anything specific. It's just um, Spider-Man has never been one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Like, he's cool or whatever. Like, the whole thing behind him is cool. But I'm just, I don't know. Spider-Man just never did it for me. The kind of, like, Did you go see uh, Spider-Verse or do that? Not yet. Not like yet. I okay. said, I'm really bad about going to the movie theaters. <laughs> really bad. Fair <laughs> enough. Wait a second. If Spider-Man isn't her favorite character, why would she go see a movie I, with like five different versions of it? Well, I just, <laughs> I, you know, you know, Miles Morales. I just thought maybe. I do want to see that one. That yeah. I will say I do want to see. Um, yeah. But as far as like well, when I saw um, the Captain America Civil War or whatever, when they, I guess, was it that one that they introduced yeah, yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, he looks like he'd be kind of a cool Spider-Man. And in Infinity Wars, he's actually kind of funny. So I'm curious enough to maybe want to watch it, but I think I'm gonna wait till it's like 
on Netflix and not have to pay to watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, well, Sarah, let's let's. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on. But be, before before I do, I, I do want to drop um, kind of like the Spark Notes version. Um, I highly recommend Ver- Veronica checking out the YouTube channel kind of funny and go to their in review playlist they covered all of the spider-man movies mm-hmm. and it is hilarious and <laughs> they're not even reacting to it one of them just memorizes all of the scenes and and so i think if you want to um if you see the trailer far from home and or if after infinite uh infinity and or Avengers Endgame, you want to check out more Spider-Man, Lynn. I just I just suggest going to their channel and listening to all of their thoughts about it to get yourself <laughs> off to, up to speed, because those mov- movies don't hold up, but far from home. <laughs> um, okay, well, this right, trailer, it's, it's not my favorite trailer in the world. I've mm-hmm. seen better trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it tells you exactly what's going on, but it also doesn't. Um, I, I watched a few people, a few different people online react to the trailer. And I have to find the, the one exactly so I can um, give her credit. But um, Grace on, on her YouTube channel said after watching it that here's what's really going on most likely is Mysterio has cast himself as the hero of the story and a lot of it's all an illusion and I think if they do that and if they pull it off correctly that can be a really compelling story because it's really taking that literal approach to what we always say about the villains of these stories they need to see themselves as a as a hero and more importantly the audience needs to see them as a hero and that moment like jake gyllenhaal had one line in the whole trailer and my first time watching it i was like wait a second that doesn't make sense yeah. Wait, and it wasn't even that big like it wasn't shakespeare but you still (laughs) were just like what's going on (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i i agree with you there uh and i've seen similar similar uh reactions today as well that uh uh, that mysterio is sort of the cast himself as a hero or maybe um in in this film and 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 obviously the other question is how does this tie into you know, end game and, you know, hearing, hearing your reaction, uh, video that you watch where someone said it was an illusion, uh, even, you know, deepens that thought that, you know, maybe this did happen, uh, did occur either, you know, before, before end game, because otherwise, uh, you know, it undermines the stakes. Well, we all know who's, we all know Spider-Man's going to survive end game, but at least, at least, at least keep keep the pretense up for just a little while. Um, but I, I, I watched both the international version of the trailer and and the the U.S. version, and I have to say I like the international version better. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah this is where you need to break the tie. Uh, <laughs> but, no, see, I'm, I watched the the U.S. 
trailer right now. I'm okay. you, obviously, but she just us. watching it like without even hearing to hear it, I was like, I was already bored. There, <laughs> there was nothing about that trailer that was interesting. <laughs> It's yeah, I I can see how somebody who's not already a fan of the character and the property could could easily be bored because I I agree it's it's not the best trailer in the world. If I was yeah. not a yeah, fan I'm... of Spider Man, I would probably say have the exact same reaction. It's very similar to when they dropped that that small film called Aquaman, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Momoa abs okay or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that small film yeah that little film but you know yeah yeah but I I feel like the last I, I don't I, I don't know if it's just because 2018 Marvel had just just phenomenal films as far mm-hmm. as you know with with Black Panther with Infinity War and even Ant-Man and Wasp I mean they mm-hmm. all they all delivered I mean but and they and they all had solid trailers. Um, yeah. I'm just feeling between Captain Marvel and even and even Far From Home, their trailer game is like off, or are they yeah. oh, either that or they are trying to go the DC route with how they adjusted with Aquaman? Mm-hmm. I, it's just tonally they just seem they just seem off their game. I mean, I, I, it was enjoyable, but it was it was very pedestrian and absolutely paint by the numbers you know and uh yeah i mean i enjoyed it don't get me wrong because i'm a fan but it wasn't like it didn't like blow me away either right right and I, I I agree, and I like how you brought up Captain Marvel, because going heading into March, I'm kind of on that same boat of the trailers haven't sold me on why this is going to be an event film that I have to see in theaters. I'm most likely going to see it in theaters uh, because I really want to support um, female superheroes. And yeah. also, I I really just, I mean, I like this universe. We have an endgame coming. So the more we get, it's we're being greedy. <laughs> no, no. But, but if, you, if you compare both um, Captain Marvel trailers and this Far From Home trailer to Avengers Endgame trailer, or yeah. even Thor Ragnarok had a See, really that, good that campaign. Was, that was probably the... Of the recent Marvel films, I'm glad you brought up Ragnarok because that one it just it made me want to go see it because mm-hmm. because I was kind of leery for a, a solo Thor effort after Dark World and who wasn't uh, and it, yeah everyone was and that was you know that was how you build up buzz for a film and it really um, yeah that that trailer still stands out just a retro feel to it just. Uh, just, I mean, Chris Hemsworth, you know, play into his natural charisma with that character, uh, and it really and it bore out in in, in Thor Ragnarok itself that, you know, it it, it created an expectation like, okay, this is going to be a fun film. Whereas, you know, again, I, as I said earlier, it's Far From Home, Captain Marvel, and even Endgame, kind of let you know, they're it, it's like okay, Endgame is just you know. It's going to be an event just for the sake of being an event because we know 
you know, with the snap and everything, it's like, okay, that's, that's all well and good. But like you said, uh, with Captain Marvel, I almost feel like it is kind of an obligation thing at this point to like go see it more mm-hmm. so than, than, uh, than it being an event film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard to say, but and and who knows? Maybe they come out with a second trailer and it's that much better. But or or maybe they're just relying on Spider Man into the Spider Verse to really sell tickets for Far From Home, considering like like that movie just makes you want more Spider Man. Yeah, for it some does. of it. Not mm-hmm. not if your name's Veronica, but for some. of it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, right. you know, I I would watch. I think that I would definitely watch Spider Man movies if they were, you know, like already like on Netflix or Amazon Prime, where I didn't have to like pay to watch it. Um, but definitely, um, um into the Spider Verse, or I would definitely like that is one I wish I can go see in the theaters. I just have, I just hate going to movie theaters sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the exact same way. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'd rather go like early in the morning when I can be the only person sitting in the row. <laughs> I would yep. be happy that way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, just watching those two trailers didn't do it for me. And the, the Captain Marvel, yeah. I mean, I like the idea of a female superhero, um, you know, another one, but I just, I don't know. I just, it it didn't get me as hyped up as I thought it was going to when they first announced it. So, yeah, I'm definitely not feeling it. I will say, that, uh, I know we've kind of been kind of lukewarm on it, but I, I my initial impressions of the Mysterio suit, because I know, Sarah, we had talked about it some mm-hmm. time ago. Uh, I did like it. I will say that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it did, I, you know, it does, definitely does justice to the to the character and, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it uh, in, in the film. So, I mean, there were there were obviously good moments in it, um, but again, it, it wasn't. It was just very, as I said, very pedestrian, very safe. Didn't take any chances, and you know, it, it's just basically building into the fact that we have a built-in universe and a built-in audience for these shows and, and movies, and we're just, you know, we know people are going to go see it. Yeah, yeah, um, and and I, yeah, I don't think there's much more to add at this point on it. Um, let's head over to things that Veronica can talk about. <laughs> talk about some TV. So, yeah. so Netflix keeps keeps dropping stuff they just every week i feel like i go have to go to netflix and see what what is new and Mm -hmm. this weekend they dropped friends from college season two and sex education will you watched all of sex education uh no no i haven't been able to binge all the episodes but uh i've got to episode four so i really i really like this show it's uh it's 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 a little, you know, it's it's funny in that um, it's set in the UK, but I feel like it's almost like an American high school. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, you just sort of, you know, have to, it's, it's like a mashup of cultures and mashup of 
uh, decades because at some point it feels like it has a retro feel. Sometimes it feels present day, but the, but the themes are kind of universal where um, you have, you have a kid, his name's Otis and his mother who's played by Julian Anderson is a sex therapist. And so, uh, you know, it's your typical teenage uh, boy with all the awkwardness and angst and puberty and uh, just trying to navigate, you know, navigate all that. And so he, despite his awkwardness, he basically becomes an on-the-fly uh, sex therapist for his, his classmates in high school. And and all these weird as people go through their his classmates go through their various struggles with various things as far as body image and uh, uh, performance anxiety and other other uh, things that people deal with. He he basically plays the role of like therapist, even though he's as messed up as the rest of them. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and you know it, it, it's 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 interesting because you know. It, it takes the well-worn teenage tropes and, you know, when you hear a title sex education, you hear teenagers, you know, you think of the raunchy, you know, movies from like the eighties, as far as Porky's and, you know, and I was just watching fast time at Richmond high, just, <laughs> um, you know, and, and all the things that, and, and there's some themes that happen from those, those films that are actually in, in this, in this series. Uh, but it's done in a very like heartful heartfelt way and and really in a, in a very human humanistic way as far as dealing with those feelings and you know and it's a dramedy so yeah there's some definitely funny moments where i'm just like laughing out loud but at the same time it also uh it does have a heart and otis really does a good job of just helping his his classmates out through their various uh various issues especially when one kid takes Viagra and he can't come down. <laughs> so, but they work him. They work. They help him work it. Work through that, and <laughs> it's it's a very funny moment. And he's the headmaster's of the, the high school's son, and so there's issues, you know. So he has a very interesting way of dealing with his uh, his anxieties as far as performance, and also his his his. Uh, well endowed attributes, and he just takes it head on there in the school cafeteria. So, and I'll just leave it at that. So, <laughs> definitely recommend it. It's it's a fun show, uh, easy watch, and uh, yeah, check it out. Veronica, did you watch it at all? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. But you know what? Knowing that Julian Anderson is in it, I usually like watching anything, especially if. It's completely different from her being in the Netflix series The Fall because that mm-hmm. was really intense and I loved it. So it'd be nice to kind of see her go in a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I'll have to check it out. You won't even recognize her. You won't. There's another <laughs> yeah. actress who I always think I while well, I watched the first episode. Um, first episode in like a quarter of a second last night and um, I every time she was on the screen I'm like you look like this other actress who I can picture in my mind and I know it's not you but you look so much like her and I can't think of her name <laughs> <laughs> so what did, you, what, what did you think of it Sarah? 
I think it was fine. I, I, I guess, I don't know. There, I'm not like hooked on it. I um, I might circle back to it, but I'm not, I'm not obsessed with it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, you know, it, it made it past the third episode rule for me, so, uh, you know, it's it's a fun watch. Uh, you know, it's not one I would, like, feel like I have to just, you know, zip through and knock it out all in, like, you know, a binge weekend or whatever, but, you know, but it is an enjoyable show. Yeah, I think the hard part was for me is that this weekend I binged Friends from College Season 2, and that is eight episodes, but half hour long. Uh, and so it is yeah. a very bingeable show and a qu- very quick watch. <laughs> um, so then to go from that to sex education, which is still, I think, an hour or 40 minutes long an episode. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. when did the sh- episodes get so long? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, that, was, that was definitely like, a, you know, like, a, like, for example, Homecoming, we, you know, it was easy to get through because it was 30 minutes. Yeah, it's hard to binge those those hour long shows, which you know, coming up with the Punisher this weekend, it's going to be kind of a, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I can go ahead and tell you, Sarah, I'm not going to finish it. <laughs> Will, I can't believe Will. Will's acting like he's even going to try to watch I'm, it. What? I'm, I'm going to try to. Sorry, I'm sorry. I cut it to your friends from college time. My bad. It's okay. It's okay. No worries. It's so, Veronica. Have you watched Friends from College at all? No, not yet. I saw when they first released season one, and I was really kind of excited about the idea of a, a show about people in their 40s, especially mm-hmm. since I just hit my 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, this is probably something I can relate to. The only problem is, is that it's hard to relate to people who obviously are very privileged. Yep. And I just kind of, those types of shows are the kind of shows that I, I always kind of like... I'll get I'll get around to it. <laughs> so I haven't watched it yet, but I've seen a lot of people talk about it, and they seem to be really into it, and they find it funny. So it is dark funny. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. It is a dark comedy, and I I mean, there's there's jokes that I don't laugh at at all, and there's jokes where I'm just like, I can't believe this is happening. This is hilarious. But what I really <laughs> I watching season two. I um, it it really showed, highlighted the flaws in all of these characters, and I really liked that to the point where I went back and rewatched episode or the first season, and I'm like, yeah, there's a reason why. Um, once I saw season two was available, I was like, oh, might as well. It's not a show that like will stick with me for the next year, and I'll be like, oh my god, um. But it's a show that, in the moment, um, they capture something so interesting about relationships, um, from and how they change from when you're younger to older, and and even love and just growing apart, but also growing together. Um, that I thought was really interesting. And Keegan Michael Key like owns the show. If you, if you like him, you'll you'll just love the show because he just owns it. It's his show. Him and Colby Colby Smolders. She does a really good job as well. Oh, that's right. I forgot she was in that. Yeah, yeah. She she's pretty. She's um she still plays a version of Robin from How I Met Your Mother, but she has really good chemistry with um Keegan Michael Key. 
Yeah, I've heard, I've seen other people react, and I, I think the consensus that I've seen with friends from college season two is that it, season two is definitely much better than season one. Um, I tried watching an episode of season one, and it did not grab me, so maybe I'll try to revisit it at some point. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't surprise me when people say that. <laughs> I, I, I know um, there's an episode called Mission Impossible in season one. Jump to that episode and see if it grabs you. <laughs> it, it's, it's about um, um, these two of the characters. Um, they've, they've been married for a long time. They're ready for a kid or one of them's ready for a kid, um, but they have fertility issues or that's what they think is going on. And so they finally sign up for it. And um, it's about going through that process. And um, the, 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 it it goes awry. I don't know how to explain it. It becomes a mission impossible. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so, Veronica, what are you watching? <laughs> Is anything else going to say? <laughs> One of the shows that I was watching that I really, really got it. I mean, I binged it and managed to finish it in a day and a half was uh, Bodyguard. And... and I, at first, I wasn't sure because, you know, I just I never know about a lot of the uh, British dramas. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, that first episode grabbed me like right off the bat. Richard Madden like was just so intense, like right off the bat. I I couldn't stop. Like I had to force myself to turn off the TV just so I could go to bed because I wanted to keep watching it. Um I don't know a lot about um, British Parliament and their law enforcement over there. Like, you know, they have their versions of the FBI and the Secret Service mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And he is a um, type of, I guess, in a sense, like a Secret Service type guy. Um, yep. And he is in charge of covering, you know, the one of the ministers of Parliament or you know, whatever they're called. And she's like kind of involved in, she's like this really conservative type and she's kind of involved in like some backhanded shady stuff going on. And, and he's starting to put things together. Like every episode, he's figuring things out. It's just, it just, the more you watch, the more you're like, Oh my God, what's happening next? You have to go into the next episode. His performance is so good in this show. Like he is just, he's very, um, the word I'm looking for, very, um, dry. Extremely dry. It's just his intensity. (laughs) His intensity though, keeps you hooked. Well, then he went, uh, then he just went to Golden Globe for best actor. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It was, it's such a great, 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 great show. And you know what? He, He's um, also, he suffers from PTSD and the emotion involved for when he has, when he's triggered and he has a break. Oh, wow. I was like, I don't really cry very often with shows, but you know, my eyes got a little moist there when he would get really like when things were affecting him. I was like, damn, (laughs) (laughs) but definitely, I, I definitely, I mean, it's only six episodes about an hour each episode and it's so worth it so worth it 
Uh, six episodes I can I can do. Yeah, right. That's what I like about a lot of the British dramas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that and um, Peaky Blinders always drops six oh. episodes, but every other year. So it's yeah, it's always a treat. And then you watch it, and you're suddenly like, "What? That was it? What the heck?" Yeah. Gotta wait an, another two years. I I watched I binge watched the body bodyguard and it took me a day and a half. I think by the end of it though, I was kind of over everything because that last episode takes about twenty five different turns, and I'm constantly <laughs> like, "What? How many? Is this Lord of the Rings? How many endings does this have? When is it going to stop?" And and it kind of ended like in a very blah way, in my opinion, where I was just like, I expected something else. I expected a little oomph at the end there when uh, it just, <laughs> I don't know. It, some of the crime mystery things always bothers me because I feel like the first few episodes really get you hooked and then the longer it goes on the longer your kind of your suspense kind of drips away um but i i ah, for the most most part i agree with everything you said about it it's not a bad show to binge i don't think i wasted time with it i think wait i I saw the most i saw of like the negative reviews is that people weren't getting um Word I'm looking for, like they weren't enthusiastic about any of the intimate scenes between him and the female characters, and I'm like, it's not what this show is about. <laughs> <laughs> and I get so aggravated, and people were, and then there are other people talking about like, well, that would never happen. This is how it would. Happen. I'm like, it's a show, fictional show. It's not based on life, so. You know, but for me, overall, like these types of like slow burn crime thrillers, I, you know, they sucker me in. They really, really, really do. And so now I'm eager for the next season to come out. If there's a next season. And it has enough viewers, <laughs> but the way they end things, they kind of wrote themselves into a corner. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, spoiler alert. <laughs> what I heard was a lot of people watching the show were really confused about why there was so much incest in this TV show. And it's because of how he he always is like, hello, mom. And, and it sounds like mom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ever since somebody pointed that out, anytime I watch a clip from that show, that's all I hear is mom. And I'm like, yeah, there is a lot of incest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Wow. So yeah, I couldn't get over that. I think it's hilarious. That, <laughs> you know what? That is a new one. I have never heard that before with any British show. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> now it's not gonna be the same for me when I watch it. <laughs> It really isn't, but it's funny because there is incest on Game of Thrones, and Richard Madden yeah. was on Game of Thrones. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
all going to be blamed on you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So those are our current binges. Um, a lot of new shows are coming back. And um, do you guys have anything, like, in particular that you're looking forward to? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I am looking forward to... Uh, well, I'll go ahead and... and talk about Star Trek Discovery Season 2. Premieres this actually Thursday night. So um, it's... um, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, This season, they're actually going... So last season, it was a lot about the Klingons and there was um, uh, war and all that kind of stuff. This season, it looks like it's going to be a little bit lighter. Uh, At the end, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Season 1, stop listening here but uh with season (laughs) at the end of season one uh the enterprise actually showed up and this this is set in the original universe not the uh jj abrams universe so um uh so the enterprise showed up it was uh the captain kirk's predecessor captain christopher pike uh it was um is going to be on the show in season two uh, also, really looking forward to Ethan Peck. He was uh, cast as Spock, so this will be the third actor uh, to uh, take on that that role. And uh, after you've had you know, Leonard Nimoy and Zachary Quinto, it'll be very apparently this version of Spock is going to be a little bit different from what we've seen uh, from the other incarnations. So I'm really looking forward to, to that. Uh, but uh, so that's as far as TV shows. That's definitely something that looking forward to um in addition to our usual staple of shows uh there's also um since i'm in a star trek rant sir i'm gonna take another minute uh <laughs> <laughs> uh new captain picard show that's in production um and looks like it's going to be set shortly after the next generation i guess some of the events after um start the star trek uh, Abrams first will have some impact on on this new show with Picard. So looking so there's that. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like the as far as Star Trek movie universe is sort of shutting down. Uh, uh, S.J. Clarkson, who was going to be uh, directing that, is actually going to be directing the new uh, Game of Thrones prequel. So that pretty much uh, you know. What was notable about her direction was that she was going to be the first female director of, of a Star Trek film, but that's not going to happen now. I'm, and I'm very curious how that prequel series goes. Yeah. Because, I mean, everybody knows the story they're going to tell. Or, well, I'm sorry. Well, you don't because you don't watch Game of Thrones for some weird reason. Yeah. I just never so read. strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe you're like, oh, I'm going to start with the prequel. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> And then I'll catch up with eight years worth of like stuff I've missed. <laughs> no, I can just imagine you watching the prequel and then yeah. going, being like, okay, I'll finally watch the actual show and being like, why is all of this stuff such a mystery? Like, <laughs> this is what happened. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. But uh, yeah, so she's, yeah, so she's, yeah, she's doing that. So there's no Star Trek 4. But also there was issues with both Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth's uh, contracts. So that, that pretty much killed that project. But uh, and then the last last thing about Star Trek, and then we'll move on. So, uh, 
so I won't completely like call Sarah's ears to bleed. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, there's a spinoff from Star Trek Discovery, actually, with uh, one of the lead characters, uh, Captain, played by Michelle, um, Georgia, excuse me, who's played by Michelle Yeoh. Um, her, uh, again, spoiler alert, her counterpart from the Mirror Universe uh, was so well-received that uh, they are actually spinning off a show based off of a clandestine group of Starfleet called Section 31. And uh, that was just announced this week. So for Star Trek fans, um, hit me up anytime you want to talk because there's a lot of stuff going on in the Star Trek universe. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're also capitalizing on the success of Crazy Rich Asians with that move, along yeah. with the expected competition that will come once Mandalorian and all of the Disney yeah. Yeah. slate drops. I mean, yeah. I, I think the move to move have um, have live action Star Wars TV shows that's gonna that's gonna be an interesting streaming service war that will occur with especially cbs and everything that they've dropped and now nbc has announced they're gonna yep. put their hat yes. finally in the competition yep. yeah and apparently their service is going to be free and you know when you see where netflix is uh raising their rates uh you know i yeah. think you know uh, you know it it's it's a very hard space and we could you know we could go definitely about cord cutting and everything but um you know, I think Star Wars going to the small screen and doing their um, their shows. I mean, I think that's a game changer. Uh, we, we've seen these little mini game changers, but now when you see these major franchises, you know, tossing their lot on these streaming services, um, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, I think it's definitely a game changer as far as will it will the marketplace finally get saturated to the point that some of these flagship franchises lose some of their luster well i'm also curious about how the storytelling holds up yeah and because you you can you can have the best property in the world but if you put the wrong people Mm -hmm. um, behind it then it just falls flat because now with with so much to choose from your audience is going to give you what one episode three episodes and if you're not sold you're going to leave and move on yeah yep so, um, Veronica, are you looking forward to any particular shows coming back? Um, I would have to say Arrow and Black Lightning. Besides Definitely. Arrow and Black Lightning? <laughs> um, I, <laughs> if we go with, like, new shows, brand new shows, yeah. and definitely The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Okay, what is this? Because I haven't heard about it. Yeah. So... The Umbrella Academy is based off of a comic book from Dark Dark Horse Comics, and um, it's this, it's kind of like, to to give you a better idea, think Professor X and his Academy for Mutants. (laughs) So what this is, is this, um, you know, I guess like this really rich guy, he adopts these six superheroes, They're, they're like from all over over the world or something and and basically he he adopts them and he raises them he he basically he shows them how to become superheroes and like how to fight for justice and what have you but there's a lot of darkness to it it's not your typical you know um bright colors and happy go kind of attitude like the 
you can already tell just in the trailer alone, like it's going to be very melancholy and mm. dark. And because, I mean, we're talking about Dark Horse comics. So right, right. Dark oh. Horse, you know, is, is a whole other type of, of comic book company that I actually, I love them. So this, this show. Huh? Is this the uh, book by uh, Jared Way? Nerd. Um. Because I, I want to say I think I may have. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, he. Yes. I was when he was at North Carolina Comic Con and he actually was talking about this. That's why I was like, oh yeah, we started talking about. It. I was like, oh yeah, that show. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, I wait a second. Did I just um, see a monkey? I saw. I'm watching. I'm doing what Veronica <laughs> did, and I'm watching it oh. on you. And um, okay, yeah, yeah, definitely sold. I saw a monkey. Yeah, I. <laughs> I've been seeing like little spots and stuff coming out, little previews and people talking about it. And like they, their Twitter, they've been doing a really good campaign at like pushing it, introducing like, you know, gifts of all their different characters. And of course, what really did sell it for me, not only was it because it's the Umbrella Academy, but because Ellen Page is in it. <laughs> and so I'm like, so I'm so stoked. I cannot wait to, um, for the premiere, which is going to be, um, February 15th and uh, that yeah I'm so I am so ready <laughs> yeah yeah he uh Garrett he um he uh talked about this show and, and, uh, and got into a lot of the backstories as far as producing it and because I guess he was a writer of the comic for years and they took mm-hmm. it forward to the uh they took it forward you know obviously for the show here on Netflix and I realized it was like premiering so so soon after mm-hmm. Uh, seeing him talk about it, but um, he, yeah, he's he's an interesting cat because he's also like I think um, lead singer of the uh, what band is it? The uh, My Chemical Romance. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, the thing that I one of the the Umbrella Academy get even just the cover art for their comics. Personally, to me, I think is so amazing. Um, the kind of artwork that I would actually want framed you know what I mean so that's one of the things I really liked about or I like about the majority of Dark Horse comics and so when I saw that they were coming out with this I started looking into it and I just I was like like, yes I need the show in my life (laughs) so I am really excited about it (laughs) this is going to be really interesting because watching the trailer Mm -hmm. um, the production value is pretty on point um mm-hmm. i mean netflix original shows it's always hit and miss sometimes you can see what they put the money behind and what they really want to mm-hmm. see take off and i think they put a lot into this production um but it gave me serious vibes of doom patrol mm. very similar yeah, yeah. Very. Which, which also drops the uh, 15th of february it's, oh really yeah that is I did not realize that, and that makes this much more like this is what we're talking about, competition. Those two properties, I can easily see myself watching the first few episodes of Doom Patrol and being like, they didn't put any money into this. I'd rather watch something else. And going over Netflix and be like, this is the best thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, so, wow. I I think that is going to be, um, I think that show is definitely going to get quite the following. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm excited for them. I really am because I think this is going to be a really good show. 
It, it, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see, though, if this show becomes more of that, um, like, build ups, builds up over time, um, because everybody went straight to Doom Patrol coming off of the full episode we got during the Titans season one. And um, so I, I wonder if it, that, that's going to have an impact on its overall audience or not, or if it's going to take away from Doom Patrol's audience. I don't know. Um, but but I'm glad you brought that up because the image that they used on Netflix of just Ellen Page, like, I love her, but she hasn't done a lot for me lately. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> But but I just I was like I don't that looks like some weird horror movie so I'm not gonna click on. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, okay. So I am very 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 excited for Billion season four. Um, this is another show that Will just refuses to watch, even though he promises he, me he watches it all the time, I, and I, he I, never does. I, I have. I have. I did watch season one. Um, like, talking about well-put-together trailers, this this trailer is just, I, I think, is genius. And I'm. it got me so pumped up for the season. I forgot where we left things off, and it brought me right back to what occurred in that season finale. And um, some, some crap is going to go down. Um, I was trying to explain this to my dad. There's something so interesting about the show from a writing perspective, because season one, you have two polar opposite characters. They're perfect foils of one another and they antagonize. And it's about this competition. Season two, very parallel season one, season three, Suddenly, the tables have turned. They have a common shared interest to protect. And you understand it, and you understand why, even though they hate each other, they're never going to be able to destroy each other because of this shared interest. And and now they're friends. Like, like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And that is something we haven't seen before on the show. And that is really makes me excited um because it's character growth and um yeah again from a writing perspective i think that this show is genius you know i've been wanting to see it i just i don't have showtime and so i need to eventually maybe try like a subscription trial where it's free <laughs> i can try to yeah. binge it all in within the time frame that's that's what because, i did <laughs> yeah because i've been really interested in it i just don't have showtime and so i would really in- like to especially because i love paul giamatti so much so i really i can't think of anything i've ever seen him in that i really really disliked he he's really good in it maggie's um Maggie Sif um, from Sons of Anarchy is really good mm. in it. This isn't Tara Knowles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Same character. <laughs> it's like Tara no- Knowles season six, right up until her death. Spoiler alert. Um, like like that edginess about her, but, but she still is a very different character. She's really good. Um, yeah. The thing that I was really, I think... What got me is um, 
their, I guess, non-binary character, Taylor, I think is the name. Yeah. Um, that, to me, I was just, loved it so much. The idea that a show was willing to embrace that, you know, for lack of a better word, label of non-binary instead of just trying to say somebody who is queer or somebody who is trans, but they actually just, they allow that title. And it's, you know, with people not being able to understand how um, queer people will identify, it was kind of nice that there's a show out there that was like, yeah, we're going to embrace it. So let's put it out there. And that's kind of what got me interested in wanting to watch it. I just need to wait for that trial. <laughs> yeah. They they do some really good, um, interesting things with that character in season three because of um, a relationship that occurs mm-hmm. and a betrayal. And the fact that now, technically speaking, um, Taylor is an antagonist. And it's and it's built from a foundation of drive. And when when you come into that kind of arena, you have a mentor. And then you get this idea that I'm better than my mentor and I can do this better than my mentor, but I have to take down. It's very Star Wars if you think about that kind of dynamic between the um the, the mentor and the mentee. Um, I can only rise above if I take down the person who brought me up. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's what they not only set up with Taylor and, um, and Axe, but with Paul Giamatti's character and somebody else who was at one point in time his biggest ally and, and now is his biggest threat, his biggest opponent. And and it's just, it's really interesting. Like, I, I know why, um, again, this show is very similar to, to Friends of Comedy. There's a lot of darkness in it and there's a lot of privilege and things that some people might not like. But buried beneath it, I think they just have a really good writer's room who who like to pl- take Shakespeare um like the drama and the tension between um, dramatic irony, situational irony, and apply it to modern day um, New Yorkers. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely need to. I definitely need to figure out a way to get Showtime. <laughs> you know, the other show that's on Showtime I want to watch is Ray Donovan. That's one that I always think about and I never do. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we found a show Sarah hasn't watched. <laughs> there's a lot of shows that I haven't watched. There's there's a lot of things that I haven't watched yeah, um, I and I know a lot about um, because I cheat. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know about all of you. I think that's it for us tonight unless there's anything else you guys want to bring up. We'll just say, as far as Flash tonight, Sarah, um, it was a good, re- it was a solid return. Okay. So. <laughs> Can I give like three honorable mentions? Just what throw out the titles. Of- <laughs> um, the Kaminsky Method on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's it's um a show about aging, you know, and these uh 
two best friends. Well, even though they don't want to call each other that, you know, grumpy old men kind of like style. It's so freaking funny. I watched it with my mother and it was so good to see her find a show that she could relate to. Even if it was about two men, but they talk about some of the things that, you know, people that reach a certain age talk about, you know, whether it's your health and it's your aging this and feeling like you have to do this. And, and it's just such a good show. And Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin have the best dynamic that I think people would really enjoy it, even if they're in their 20s. It's really a good show. It's, it's a cute little eight-episode, you know, show that I, I really would love for people to see if they get the chance, because it's just so funny. And then there's the new show coming up on Sci-Fi that's called Deadly Class that I'm really curious about. Um, 1980s counterculture the coming of age and they're like teenage assassins they go to this academy for assassin school or whatever and it just looks like it's going to be pretty funny I, I can definitely say that it would be a dark comedy and um, I probably would say that some of the parents out there might be a little disturbed <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely looks like it's going to It'd be a fun show to watch. That premieres um, actually tomorrow, or is it tomorrow? No, I think it. I don't know. It's it's one of the days coming up. All right. Well, well, those are. Um, that's it for us tonight, Veronica. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Y'all can find me on t- Twitter at Nerdy Chicana and E R D Y. X-I-C-A-N-A. And Will, where they, can they find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me on Twitter at SJ Belmont. Um, I also dropped a fan vid over the weekend. Yes, go um, check so it out. Check- <laughs> 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 So in sync, you know. <laughs> um, go and check it out, um, but don't feel pressure from Will like you have to. You, you definitely should. don't. <laughs> um, and um, you can find all of our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. You're welcome, Mom. <laughs> <laughs>